0: We've seen some cooling inflation and a recent stock market surge that have delivered a welcome comeback for many retirement savings accounts, but what's changing for retirement in the coming year? Spoiler alert, inflation adjustments and the phase-in of the Retirement Law Secure Act 2.0 that was signed by President Joe Biden at the end of 2022 will have some major ramifications. On today's episode, we're going to give you a snapshot of what's ahead for the rest of the year for retirees in 2024. Don't miss it. It's an important episode on the way on today's edition of Your Retirement Elevated. help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Your Retirement Elevated. Welcome back to another edition of Your Retirement Elevated. Walter Storholt here alongside Scott Dugan, co-founder, managing partner of Elevated Retirement Group, based in Kansas City with serving clients all across the country with more than 22 years of experience. Scott, good to be with you again this week. Ready to talk some changes? Absolutely. <laughs> Things that are,
1: as we look ahead, uh, we thought we want to give a good checklist of things that we need to be on the the lookout for. Now obviously if you're working with us and our advisory team, we're on top of these things, we'll be guiding you through. Uh, But we want to give, you know, in this podcast a a good list of things. So if you're a kind of do-it-yourselfer, maybe you came to one of our retirement elevated classes and you've been listening to the podcast for, for years, I uh, want to give you value and kind of give you the heads up on, hey, here's what we're looking at uh, going into 2024. So here is a snapshot of some of the top items that we want to pay attention to. Uh, so the first thing, potential tax bill on Social Security benefits. So, a potentially new concern for retirees' budgets when tax time for 2023 rolls around in April is taxes. And if you think about what happened in 2023, there was a pretty big high cost of living allowance of 8.7% in 2023. Now, we expect more beneficiaries to become liable for federal income taxes on their Social Security benefits for the first time this year, and so in 2024, and so... This big jump in benefits may actually push people high enough up on their 1040 where some of their benefits are going to be taxed for the first time in a long time. So mm. that could be what I'm saying. So Because right now, about 40% of the people who get Social Security benefits must pay federal income taxes on their benefits. And that's what Social Security Administration uh, puts that those details out. So if you file a federal tax return as an individual and your combined income from all sources, including your Social Security benefit, is between $25,000 and $34,000, you may have to pay income tax on up to 50% of your benefit. Now, if your income exceeds more than 34,000, up to 85% of your benefit may be taxable at your ordinary income rates. Now, for joint filers, If you and your spouse have a combined income between $32,000 and $44,000, you may have to pay income tax on up to 50% of your benefit. If it's more than $44,000, up to 85% of your benefit may be taxable. So, single versus married, finally, jointly, it's that threshold of, hey, 50% of your benefit is going to show up and be taxable at ordinary income rates, or 85% of it is going to show up and be taxable. And so, that's one to watch out for. It's going to, it's going to, Nip uh, some people that aren't used to that. Yeah. Now, candidly, uh, our the families that we are taking care of and have, you know, are fortunate to take care of and, and assist, they're already paying taxes on security. We're just trying to mitigate as much as possible. Now, there are going to be changes to retirement account rules. Uh, so, if you're sitting on unused five twenty nine education accounts. Uh, Starting in 2024, uh, you can roll those savings over to tax-free to a Roth IRA. Now, imagine this, and it's going to be a surprise, there's gotchas to this. There's restrictions, of course. Really? Uh, It's not straightforward? Shazam. Imagine that. (laughs) So the restrictions, uh, there's a $35,000 lifetime cap. And rollover amounts cannot exceed the annual contribution limit for Roth IRAs. So if you're under 50 and have $35,000 in unused 529 assets, you could roll over 7,000 per year. Now, again, this is going to change annually over a five year period. And the 529 account must have been open for more than 15 years. Okay. okay. So you've had to have it for 15 years and you can roll over $7,000 per year. Again, they'll adjust that for inflation for five years or up to 35,000 bucks. So for 2024 and later years, uh, designated Roth accounts in a 401k or a 403b plan, they're no longer subject to required minimum distributions. And so this minimum amount you must withdraw from retirement accounts each year is actually, when obviously you turn 73, which we'll talk about that Later in the the podcast. So, again, a change: Roth accounts and 401ks, Roth accounts and 403bs, no required minimum distributions when you hit 73. Okay. Now, uh, generally speaking, if you participate in an employer provided retirement plan, you can delay taking your RMD until the year you retire. So, hey, you're 75, you're working, and you're still contributing to your 401k. You don't have to take RMDs. So that's a nice little perk. Now, here's the downside of it. You got to continue to work <laughs> past your... <best laughs> that's so there, it's small a little there, there, yeah. small little caveat there. a little caveat, yes. Now, from a Social Security standpoint, you know we had an 8.7 increase last year. It's more modest. It's going to be 3.2%. Uh, this year, cost of living adjustment, that's going to average about 59 bucks a month on average. So I think the average benefit is... $1,848, that's going to bump it to 1907 starting this month. That's going to affect about 70 million retired senior citizens and disabled workers. And mm. uh, so that's going to the bump up their income a little bit. Okay. So the other thing we want to look at is higher Medicare expenses. Uh, so the higher cost for Medicare may use up a chunk of that COLA bump. Uh, So the standard monthly Part B rate is rising from $164.90 to $174.70. So that's taking about $10 a month off the cost of living gain. So what did we say the average gain was? $59. But $10 is going to go back towards Medicare Part B.
0: Right. So much mental math going on yeah. here.
1: <laughs> uh, the interdeductible for all Medicare Part B beneficiaries will be $240 in 2024. That's going to be a $14 increase from $226. Um, so again, depending on where you fall on that, um, obviously, you're all going to feel an effect on your Part B. Uh, Part uh, D is also, uh, there are going to be some few changes. So overall, average monthly premiums for Part D will be substantially higher in 2024. The national average monthly Part D is projected to increase by 21%. That's about $48 up uh, from $40. So again, 40 to 48 may not seem like a big deal, but it is a 21% increase. So that is in percentage, that that's pretty good size. Again, beginning next year under the new law, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, there can be no more than a 6% annual jump in Part D premiums. And so they're taking advantage of no cap this year (laughs) of 21, but it'll be capped at 6% next year. Uh, Now, here's something that's going to affect a lot, potentially a lot of our clients and a lot of the listeners to the podcast. So higher income folks will pay even more on their part B and D. So if you earn more than $103,000 as an individual or more than $206,000 as a joint filer, you'll pay an extra amount ranging from $12.90 to $81 per month in 2024. Ooh, that's pretty significant. So, and that's part D. So it's basically up, up from $12.20 uh, to $76.40 for part D.
0: Okay you know so
1: that's a that's, that's a big a jump, big jump. Mm-hmm. so so when we factor in tax planning we always look at what's called irma and irma is ju- is that surcharge on part b and part d medicare and that's based on your modified adjusted gross income so when we're doing tax planning we're looking at hey if we're going to do a roth conversion are we going to get hit with this irma surcharge. And we always need to factor that in. Now, some people, it's a barrier to say, hey, you know what, I really don't want to pay you know, more for my Medicare. Other people say, you know what, we know we're going to pay more. We know it's just for 12 months. So we're, we're willing to pay the extra toll to get this money out at the current low tax rates. Because after January 1, 2026, they're slated to go back to where they were in 2017. If they don't do anything and so we're always going to be sensitive to say hey here if we're going to do this tax planning there's a tax bill from a federal and state level but there also could be a surcharge under medicare and bnd that you don't want to get surprised by and you want to make sure we quantify to make sure does it make financial sense to make those moves and so those are the big things uh, the biggest changes now I didn't want to add an extra section in here uh, with the new IRA and Roth IRA limits in 2024 uh, because it people that are you know still working or still can contribute they want to make sure that they can maximize everything that they're they have at their fingertips now if you want to save more for retirement you will be allowed to tuck away a little extra in individual retirement accounts or IRAs next year uh, so they IRS recently announced in 2024, uh, IRA contribution limits, they're gonna be $500 more than limits in 2023. So in 2024, you can contribute up to 7,000 to a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA or the combination of the two. Now, if you're 50 or older, there's a catch-up provision, you can add an additional $1,000 catch-up contribution for a total of $8,000 starting in 2024, right? so. that's a nice thing. We want to, want to maximize that as if it's your current situation. Again, that's for making contributions based on earned income into a Roth okay, or traditional IRA. And we have up until obviously April 15th of this year to be able to do that. So let's look at some other changes as far as Roth IRA income limits. Uh, so your ability to contribute to a Roth uh, is determined by your income. So if you were single in 2023, uh, if you made less than $138,000, you could contribute to a Roth. In 2024, it's up to $146,000. All right, And so again, as you increase, and the more money you make, there's called a phase out. And so you can put less money into it. But once you hit the threshold of 100 dollars 53,000 last year, 161,000 this year. If you're single, you're phased out and you're not eligible to contribute to a Roth, all right? So same thing applies, same modality if you're uh, married finally and jointly, 2023. If you made less than two eighteen, you could contribute. Uh, This year, it's less than 230,000. Your upper limits, 2023, were are 228,000 this year, all the way up to 240. So what they're saying is, hey, we're going to let you contribute to the maximum up to a certain point. If you go over that certain point, we're going to reduce what you can put in. But once you hit the maximum or the ceiling, it can't be more in. And so it's very important to look at, you know, what are your options and how can you best use those strategies with, with the new rules? So to round this out, uh, we're gonna talk about just a couple more things. Deadlines to contribute to an IRA. And so this is for both traditional and Roth IRAs. You have until tax day to fund your accounts for the tax year. So a deadline to fund your IRA for 2023, April 15th, 2024. Deadline to fund your IRA for 2024, April 15th, 2025. This is one of the rare times where you can do tax planning after 1231 almost everything else has to happen before the end of the year now uh no filing a tax extension doesn't buy you extra time to fund your ira (laughs) okay so it's there even if you file an extension it doesn't extend that time out it's april 15th for the prior year now let's talk about rmds in 2024 we're going to talk a lot more about this in our client communications newsletters Uh, been some changes
0: the, the ever-shifting yeah. dates of e- RMDs. Ever-shifting <laughs> dates,
1: yes. So there's some retirement accounts that are subject to required minimum distributions or RMDs for short. These are mandatory distributions that once the account holder reaches a specified age, uh, they've got to start taking money out. Now, there are no RMDs for Roth IRAs, but RMDs are required for traditional IRAs. And we talked about the Secure Act 2.0. It's past late 2022, it raised the RMD age from 72 to 73. So listen closely, here's when you're gonna need to take RMDs under the new law, all right? So if you turn 73 in 2023, the old rules apply. That means your first RMD was due on April 1st, 2023. Your second RMD is due by December 31st, 2023. So if you delayed, you had to take, if you didn't take it out, you'd had to take two in 2023. Now, if you're turned 73 in 2024, the new rule applies. You don't need to take an RMD in 2024. Your first RMD is due in April 1st of 2025. But listen carefully, you can delay it until 2025 and say, Hey, I'm not going to take one in 2024. I'm going to take it next year. But guess what you also have to take in 2025? The RMD for 2025. Mm. So you'd be doubling up. Double whammy. Yeah, double <laughs> double whammy. <laughs> now
0: I think that's an official term. The double I whammy. I think that is very RMD. official.
1: That's yes. that's very official. So in my career, I have delayed RMDs to the next year three times that I can think of. And all of those instances where someone was they were working or they had deferred compensation. And so let's say that this year, 2024, their last deferred compensation payment was paid, but in, and let's say it was $150,000, but in 2025, no more deferred comp. Well, if the RMD is the is the amount, if even if we double it, it may make sense to push 2024's RMB to 2025 and double up in 2025 because they have a less, ta- you know, a smaller tax impact. So it goes to show you that financial planning can't happen in a vacuum. It's not just about investments, the rate of return. It's we need to have a solid income plan in conjunction with a solid tax plan because. In those three cases that we were talking about, there most people when they're working with a, you know a financial advisor or stockbroker, they're not having those tax discussions. They're not looking at a ten forty proactively. They don't have a thirty-seven point checklist that they go through on every tax return they review. We have because we've been doing this for years and years and years. When we sit down, we do have a thirty-seven point checklist that our team goes through to verify certain parts of the tax return. And we take that data, we put it in our system, we do run projections. We look at a forward-looking tax projection to see where are you headed, and more importantly, what are your opportunities, what are your obstacles that are ahead? And more importantly, how do we navigate those? So an example of requirement minimum distributions, for most people, it's going to make sense to take – age 73, take your first one this year and then just take it year by year going forward. But there's a group of you that it may make sense to delay, double up next year because it's in your best interest from a tax perspective. And the only way to do that is to collect a tax return, thoroughly analyze it, chart a course going forward to make sure where we headed and what opportunities are ahead that we need to take advantage of.
0: So many little moving parts change. Every year, Scott, we could probably go back to the beginning of each year that we've done this podcast and find a similar episode where, all right, here's the 72 little tweaks that have occurred in the in the tax rules, the changes and the increases in this amount and that amount. And I know that can be daunting for people to keep up with on their own, but you guys are keeping up with it for all of your clients. And that makes it easy to implement for folks that work with you on a regular basis and anyone who might be new to working with the Elevated Retirement Group team. And so if you have not been through a full financial plan and retirement planning process yet, uh, now might be a great time to do that, to start the year. And one, take advantage of some of these changes that are going on, or at least make sure that some of these changes don't bite you too badly, and that you are maximizing all of your opportunities. Very easy to get in touch, set up that time to visit, to talk about how these changes could impact you. All you have to do is call 913 393 4724 to start with a simple conversation. you don't have to have all your statements pulled together and all that good stuff quite yet. Uh, just begin talking about some of your goals, some of the things that are bothering you about your finances or hey I, I just don't know the questions I need to be asking right now. that's a great place to start for a lot of people and Scott and the team can help you figure all of that out. you can also go to listen to scott.com for past episodes and more information as well. Contact info for Scott in the description of today's show. Scott, thanks for the great breakdown today on all these different moving parts in 2024. Going to be a great year, and appreciate you helping us out on the podcast as always, and uh, have a good couple of weeks. We'll talk soon. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Walter. You got it. That's Scott Dugan. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. We will see you next time right back here on Your Retirement Elevated.